0: Well, hello and welcome to another bonus podcast. I am sitting here today with um, Thalia. Hello. And my friend Erin. Hi there. Uh, we're going to introduce ourselves a bit for those of you who might be new nis- new listeners. And also Erin, this is her first time here. So we thought we'd give her a chance to introduce herself. Um, I am the pastor of women here at Northview, have been in that role for about four and a half years and worked here for a couple years before that learning the ropes I have uh, three kids who are 20 and 17 and 15, just going into the graduation final months with my daughter. Um, My husband, Bob, is a realtor in town, and we've lived here for, yeah, all my life, other than growing up on the mission field as a kid. Mm. So, Mm
1: -hmm. Celia. So I am in the pastor of care role, along with Pastor Vic Schellenberg, who most of you know. Boy, we can't talk today. No. Okay. Anyways, I'm married. Mark is an accountant, so it's a busy tax time for him right now. We have two kids our oldest is also in grade 12 so i'm doing the grad thing as well as crystal and then i have a son in grade 11 as well and yeah i've been on staff for about four years but we've been at northview for like 20 attending so this is home church yeah aaron what can we tell what can you tell us about yourself
2: yeah i've been going to northview since i was about 13 so it's quite a few years and my husband is kevin peters he's an elder here We lived overseas in Madagascar for about seven years and served there as missionaries. And I have three children from 13 years old down to six years old. There we go. A little bit of a snippet. Mm -hmm. If you want to get to know us, we're around here.
0: So feel free to join us on Wednesday Morning Bible Study or different places around the church.
1: It's funny how people come up to us sometimes and say they've been listening to the podcast. And I've had a few people say they can't tell our voices apart, Crystal, on I know. the podcast.
0: They can't tell anything about us apart, it <laughs> seems like. We have, we're regularly mistaken for each other. Uh-huh. We actually even had one woman, who is an elder's wife, stand us up side by side so that she could look at us and see which, remember which one was which. I like, know. Because she just oh. could, when she saw us from a distance, she didn't know who we were.
1: I know. And I'm regularly MC on Saturday night. And I think they don't even know if I'm gone for several weeks. Because nope. you step in... Thalia.
0: (laughs) I was there one week and uh, one of the women came up to me after and said, I just love how you do this every week with us. And I thought, wow, I've only been here once and it's Thalia all the rest of the weeks. So yeah, that was funny to realize that I'm completely interchangeable with you.
1: I know. That's not a bad thing, I guess. No.
0: <laughs> as long as one of us doesn't do something horrible. I know. And we get true. dragged into the back <laughs> of the other person. True. Uh, we thought we'd give you a quick update on our Dallas trip because Salie and I were just down there and we mentioned that on our last podcast that we were heading down. hmm So, we went and visited Jen Wilkin uh, in her Bible study down there. She was studying the book of Hebrews with a group of about 800 women. Yeah. 400 in the morning, 400 in the evening. Uh, What was impactful about you, or for
1: you, about watching the Bible study, Celia? Well, she's on staff at the Village Church. Mm -hmm. So before we'd gone to her Bible study, we went to the Village Church and attended their morning service at one campus, and their evening service at a different campus, and then uh, another church called Watermark in the middle, in the afternoon, kind of. And so, what was most impactful is I thought these would be Texas ladies. Like, I was told that they would have (laughs) big hair and big makeup and they'd say, y'all, which they did. Yeah. Yeah. That outdated. But we went into their churches and their Bible study and it could have been Abbotsford. Mm -hmm. They looked like us, their format was like us, their seats were like us, they worshipped the same music as us. Mm -hmm. We felt so at home. I could move to Dallas tomorrow, not that I'm going to, I love Abbotsford, but we could move there and these are our people. Like, we're going to be mm-hmm. worshiping with them in heaven one day. It was just so natural. I loved that. Yeah, the church felt like just like home. Like, yeah. Uh, their style and the
0: preaching style yeah. and some of the issues that they face, very similar. They're a multi-campus church mm-hmm. on a, five different campuses. And so just talking to them about some of the issues that they face and how they work through it, uh, their parking lot problems, yeah. <laughs> like we have at Northview, everyone <laughs> complains about our parking lot. They have the same yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, really great to see people worshiping God.
1: Um, in the same way. Yeah. And yeah, feeling like a kinship with them. The funny thing is that the first service we went to, they did communion every week. And so they passed the tray with the communion cups and it was a double cup. And so I took the double cup and then Crystal took it. And I thought, I don't know if I did the right thing. Like, did I, was I supposed to only take one cup? Like it was two cups stacked on top of oh. each other.
0: In, so in the t- little, in the like tray, the tray. Like, we would have a communion tray. Yeah. yeah,
1: Two cups stacked on top of each other. So I took the two and right. and then I sat there going, well, where's the bread? <laughs> like there's no bread coming and I started to panic (laughs) maybe they forgot us and I wasn't sure what to do and so uh, I just thought curiously I'll just lift up the top cup and see what this bottom cup is about and in the bottom cup was a tiny little pellet This is what it looked like it was, it was was like like a a pellet it was, it was a a bread pellet so you had your, it's like a little cracker you had your juice and your (laughs) pellet all together okay and i saw the guy beside it me sounds worse than the gluten-free rice checks well that's true but that's what it was and it was like oh okay well i got the bread at the same time crystal it's two-for-one it. deal i know so that was kind of fun I'm like, mm-hmm. i like, could be idea back and i asked our group why don't we do the two cup thing And they said because it's a lot more expensive to get these little pellets than it is to buy the cereal boxes <laughs> there we
0: go yeah, so it was really neat to see other churches in action, and also see this Women's Bible Study in action, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, she basically limits her size based on the number of small groups she has, because she had, says everybody that comes to the Bible study has to be part of a small group, and so she had 24 rooms where she could have host um, small groups, and so that was what the size was limited to, and had to she had to cut it off
1: after 400. So so um, they did small groups for about 45 minutes first, mm-hmm. and they discussed questions that they had done in homework. And then they had just a 10-minute break or so, and they did some worship, and then Jen Wilkin taught for about 45 minutes on what they had learned and adding pieces to it. Old Testament pieces, New Testament, scripture, things like that. So, a very similar format to what we mm-hmm. do here. We do it around tables. They did it in separate rooms. Mm-hmm. So, again, it was so affirming to what we're already doing. Yeah, that it wasn't anything
0: specifically new. No. It was just, yeah, seeing how they do it and affirming that we're doing a good
1: Yeah, similar kind of thing. Because I was worried going down there, I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to take loads of notes, which I did, but I was thinking we're going to have to come back and change everything about the care programs, everything about Women's Bible Study. I was fully prepared to change everything. Get there and realize, oh, we're really on the same page. It's Mm -hmm. really an affirmation of what we're doing at Northview for our people and how it works best for us. So it was so encouraging.
0: Yeah. And so, just on those lines, we just started a new study on the book of James last week on Wednesday morning and Monday night yesterday. Um, And so, if you haven't ever come to a Bible study here and you're curious, come check it out. You Mm -hmm. can join in any time this semester and get to know how we do it here. Um, This topic that we're going to do today on forgiveness kind of comes out of another conference that both Thalia and Aaron and I were at. Uh, it was called the ETS Conference, um, and it took place in Atlanta. We were there in November. So, Aaron, how about you tell us a little bit about it? What was your experience? What does ETS stand for?
2: Evangelical Theological Society. Yeah, there you go. Annual General Conference. Yeah. <laughs> so, my impression of it was that it's an annual thing that is not always on the same theme that we did this year. Right, And this right. year, there are a lot of the classes were aimed at marriage and family, which was super interesting to me and others that were there like mm-hmm. they um it was kind of like academic candy yeah. I think anyone who's really geared that way likes to think in those kind of upper echelons would really enjoy it it was slightly over my head in some of the moments but um I had a really great time it was great to get kind of the rust off the brain uh-huh. a bit yeah,
0: I really love seeing a lot of the people that wrote a lot of the textbooks that I've read mm-hmm, or, um, yeah, been kind of the experts in the field and actually go into a room yeah. and there's only 40 other people in that room and hear them talk about a subject that yeah. they really studied.
1: Yeah. yeah. We went with a big group of pastors and elders from our church. There was over 16 yeah. of us, I think. So it was just great
2: for team building and great for mm-hmm. brain building theologically. It was so encouraging. Yeah, yeah. I love sharing a meal at the end of the day and sitting next to somebody and just what did you learn today? What was mm-hmm. what was your most in, you know interesting session that you went yeah. to and what rattled your brain a little bit? It was really cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was good. So the session we're going to talk about forgiveness today. Um, like M- Aaron said, the the kind of the main theme of the conference was on marriage and the family. Next year it's going to be a different theme. I think on the church. Um, so all the big plenary sessions had some kind of marriage and family speaker. And so one of the sessions we went to was led by a guy named Everett Worthington III. Is that the right name? Oh, you forgot the
1: doctor part. Oh, the doctor. And, and the junior. The Isn't he Dr. <laughs> Everett Worthington Jr. the third or something like <laughs> Something like that. I expected very this black guy from the south. And instead it was this very ancient white professor. <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> I did well, like, but he what was what if he sins, so f- oh yeah I don't, think so. <laughs> I don't think so he was so funny and so engaging and yeah. so smart and all his resources are available online anyone can access mm-hmm. them it was really great
0: yeah he was so down to earth and just made fun of himself and his own situations and yeah you just felt like he could be his buddy yeah,
2: yeah. totally
0: yeah And so while we were sitting there, Thalia and Aaron were looking at each other, thinking this is a topic that we should teach uh, our women, because we knew that coming back after, um, in January, we always do what we call a TLC semester in women's ministry, where Mm -hmm. we have theology, life, and culture classes, like we do on Wednesday nights here at church, and we do different topics. And so Mm -hmm. Thalia had offered to do a class called Hot Topics, and because her and Aaron were there dealing with this, or hearing this discussion together, they thought, well, let's do one on forgiveness. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We're not going to talk about his presentation at that conference was more specifically forgiveness in marriage. We're not going to focus only on marriage because we know there's forgiveness that happens across the whole scope of our lives, all over different relationships. So we want to talk about forgiveness as a more general idea. And we also want to talk about the fact that forgiveness is different or uh, maybe has similar steps, but there's different levels of injustice that we need to forgive. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is a minor... Injustice that someone might need to forgive, Aaron.
2: Wow. Um, what if somebody broke something in your house, uh, a dish or something? That's pretty minor. Or someone scrapes your car. Is there yeah. things you. Teenager rolls their eyes at you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Something like that.
2: Mm hmm. Somebody
1: parent- criticizes your parenting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can head towards medium. That can <laughs> head towards medium. <laughs> it could get escalated pretty quick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And
1: any other examples?
2: somebody maybe somebody you work with does something doesn't do their end of the deal it makes you look foolish it's yeah not, not so you feel fault. like
1: you're hanging out to dry a little bit mm-hmm. all those sort of petty irritations you know if you're somebody who likes yeah. to be on time and somebody is always late or vice versa or you tend to be organized in person other person isn't so much like those things can be sort of minor things that we get irritated about and we kind of have to sort of have grace for the people around us I or the think. accidentals mm-hmm. too
2: yeah someone didn't ever intend to yeah do something against you but it absolutely
0: was, just happened yeah so how about medium what would be a medium of justice go for it aaron
2: oh i thought of um if your tween daughter is being bullied or or maybe not bullied but someone's speaking meanly to them some bad girlfriend dynamics yeah. going yeah, on something yep. like that or your house is invaded that could lean towards the major too depending on how it was but yeah. if somebody broke into your car and stole your wallet that's yeah you know fender That's benders kind of injustice. idea yeah. yeah
1: road rage does that fit in yeah <laughs> someone takes your parking spot you know oh i would put that as minor come on well it <laughs> can parking be spot. medium like if you know because i've seen people hassle for parking spots like and they can get kind of ticked off at each other so yeah. anything like that i'm kind of thinking yeah
0: yeah anything i think that involves a longer term relationship maybe mm-hmm. right would be more medium than minor mm-hmm. right how about major injustice what would be a major injustice it oh, yeah. would be really
1: hard to forgive we all know those major ones like infidelity and in marriage yeah uh, major house robberies um yeah
2: what a else? death that was purposeful against somebody in your yeah. family or an assault absolutely yeah. verbal and physical
1: abuse for sure
0: yeah so she yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. so our culture values forgiveness but maybe for different reasons than the Bible does, what would be cultural values of why we should forgive? What would people say to their friend if they weren't a Christian about why they should
1: forgive? I would think that in our culture, it's often optional. Like, I'll forgive if I get something out of it, if it's going right. to benefit me. Like, maybe if I forgive, then karma will take place and I'll get good things back to me. Hmm. So, I only want to forgive if it's going <clears> to <throat> bring me positive energy or positive results or less stress or
2: something to benefit me. It's very self-focused.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else would you guys add?
2: Yeah, like if it makes you look better. Yeah. Like, I'm the more gracious person because I'm forgiving you.
0: right. Yeah, and like you said, just expanding a bit on what you said, the health benefits, people will say, like, I'll forgive because it's good for me if I Mm -hmm. do. I get rid of my bitterness, I get rid of my rage, I'm free. But you're not necessarily thinking about, you know, the impact or the greater responsibility to do that.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's legit. There is research that shows that there's big health benefits to forgiveness. Yeah. So those are good, they are good things, they're good values, but Mm -hmm. they're not actually, I don't know, that's not the reason scripturally why we, forgive that's not the primary reason why we would forgive
1: yeah Yeah. and in our culture it's also common to not forgive and to be totally okay with that like we hear often on tvs and movies and in books i'll never forgive that person and we're like of course not you don't ever have to. like. Why they don't deserve you. forgiveness. No. Yeah. So you should right. never forgive them. And we all absolutely applaud that person who never forgives. Right. Yeah. It's shown as a resoluteness, right? Yeah. A character
0: and, a willi- and an unwillingness to let injustice happen or yeah, those okay. kind of things. We would applaud it for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are wondering what the biblical view of forgiveness is, um, we're not going to give you the answers right now. So we'd encourage you to press pause on the podcast if you want, and think about it. What would you say to somebody who said why you should forgive uh, based on what the Bible says?
1: Yeah, before you even look at verses, just jot down some ideas as to what you think the Bible says about forgiveness. Do your own personal brainstorming, and then come back to us, because right away we're going to continue with some of the Scripture verses. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you start off, Thalia? Why? Why
0: should we forgive? Why does? What kind of authority does the Bible have mm-hmm. on our on our?
1: Um, yeah, desire to do this. Yeah. So we want to remind our listeners that all of us are under the authority of God's Word. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen says that God's word is breathed out by Him, suitable for teaching, reproof, for correction and training in righteousness, that we may be complete equipped for every good work. So they're not just our words, not Aaron's crystal's mind. These are God's words mm-hmm. that we are bringing forth on the podcast. We're going to read God's words about forgiveness, not our own thoughts. Right.
0: So I'm going to read a little bit from Matthew 6, 9-15, which is the Lord's Prayer. One version of the Lord's Prayer, there's another version in Luke, but I will read this as the most familiar one. And then maybe you guys can give us some comments on this. Mm -hmm. So this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's pretty
2: weighty language. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys talk about that in your class? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we pointed to, I mean, what is this quickly saying? What what are we required to do? And it seems fairly obvious that what we're required to do is forgive.
1: Yeah, like it's, a it's simple
2: <laughs> To the level that we've been forgiven, to yeah. extend it, right? Yeah. So what would block
0: us, I guess, from doing that is not understanding maybe how much we have been forgiven. Yeah. That would be a biblical theme that would come out over and over again that we have to understand the depths of what we've been forgiven from to be able mm-hmm. to forgive others. Right? And there's
1: no loopholes here. No. Like, people will come to me and say, but they don't understand what has happened to me. They don't understand my past. They don't understand. But there is no loophole here. It doesn't say, well, if you've been abused or if you've grown up in a dysfunctional home or if you had a terrible husband. doesn't say that. Right. It yeah. says you have to forgive. And the consequences yeah. if we don't are what, according to this passage? Yeah, we will not gain eternal life. Our Father won't forgive us. So then we can't enter heaven. Like, it's big. Serious. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not a light. No. Not a light text. Okay, I want to read Ephesians 4.31 to 5 verse 2 as well, and then we can talk about that. Ephesians is such a rich book about how we should live uh, in light of what God's given for us. So this is Ephesians 5, or sorry, 4.31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for
2: us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Yeah, it's a beautiful scripture. And if you go back into the earlier pas- part of that passage too, it goes, repeats some of those thoughts and gives more explanation for mm-hmm. them too. And it's all with the idea of being imitators of Christ. And if he has forgiven freely, then we ought to be like him and yeah. do the same yeah it's big as well that we are to imitate our Heavenly Father
1: yeah and no loopholes here no nope. mm-hmm. hmm. so when you taught on forgiveness when you teach people on
0: forgiveness um, I have a little chart here in front of me that Thalia and Erin actually walked through with their class there was three different columns one said forgiveness is not and then the two middle columns talk about forgiveness is forgiveness is so mm-hmm. there's two different aspects of what it is we're going to first focus on what it is not. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is not mm-hmm.
2: what? So we have a little list here so we can go through some of them uh-huh. and then discuss them as we go along. The uh, first one is that it's not forgetting. Hmm. And yeah. we know that we can't, we have he- very human minds that are created that way that we can't just drop something. And, um, and I would say we shouldn't. Yeah. God has given us smart minds for a
1: reason. Because if we remember, then we learn. And if we remember, we can teach our kids. And if we remember, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily walk back that in that again. Right. So I don't want people to forget. You want to learn from your mistakes or yeah. learn from the situations that have impacted you.
2: Yeah. Right. So it's not forgetting. What else is it not? It's not justifying. No. So not making like, well, this happened because of this reason. There was this special circumstances or this is just the way it is. We couldn't get past that. Not so if somebody has an injustice against you, you're not justifying
0: why they did it. Is right, what you're just giving saying? the right. reasons.
2: It's very similar to not excusing. Okay. Not make, sort of expressing all those well the back you know, they're they came from hard family. This is the best they know. Yeah. Um, I was being being really horrible, no wonder they responded to me that way. Yeah. Like so why can, is that not a helpful response to excuse to keep excusing somebody?
1: Well I'll use myself as an example. So for example, if I I have a bad day at work and I come home and I'm irritable and grumpy and snappy and mean to my husband Mark and our kids. Well, one day, you know, they should forgive me my behavior, like because that's what we should do. But if I do this every day, day in, day out, they should actually not excuse my behavior or justify it. They should say, hey, Thalia, hey, mom. It's not okay what you're doing. Because they're
0: just enabling
1: you to keep doing bad behavior. My behavior is sinful. My behavior is wrong. I should not be mean or unkind to anybody, regardless of what has happened in my day. I still need to follow Christ and and follow his example. We talked about imitate him. Mm -hmm. So excusing and justifying doesn't help a person to
2: own up to what they've been doing. Well, and it's not forgiveness. No. So, right, there might be places where we can be using those have dense reasons to say there's some explanation here. She's not feeling well today. Mm-hmm. That's probably why she lashed out. Yeah, right. It's good to. That's helpful for being gracious to that person and yes. easily more easily forgiving them. But that isn't what forgiving is. No, right. and that's what we're trying to do is to say this is not yeah. forgiveness. So when you think of that definition, don't include justifying and excusing, excusing and, and yeah. forgetting those. That's not the equation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what else isn't it? Getting justice. Hmm. Yeah. Trying to, that, I mean, that might be the appropriate response for part of the process, especially if there's a a legal issue Um, um, that may be part of the process, but that isn't what forgiveness is. Yeah. So if I say, I'm going to forgive them. You can still report to the police. (laughs) You can still report. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's important in, you know, in case of abuse, for example, you can forgive the person for their behavior, but you should actually still report to the police or follow through on the, you know, consequences in our culture, in our community. Yeah. Okay. What else? Anything uh, else?
2: Yeah, it's not condoning. It's not saying this behavior is okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's not reconciling. Necessarily,
1: Yeah, that blue gasket's in our class. All the hands went up, oh. What do you because mean? we yeah. often think that when we forgive someone, we should automatically reconcile the relationship. Mm-hmm. So people think that, well, if I've forgiven, like if me, for example, if I forgive a good girlfriend of her behavior, let's say, then I should be buddy-buddy with her again. We should be close. We should go on holidays together. When actually, we need to be kind and polite, but we may not ever be close to that person again. We may, may not be. be we may, may be. not be, yeah. That would be great. But sometimes the behavior has been so painful, so hurtful, so deep, that we can't be close with them again. And in a marriage relationship, we're going to talk about abuse a bit. But, you know, if if a spouse has been abusing the other one verbally, physically, you can forgive the person their behavior, but you shouldn't stay under the same roof and continue to be abused. no. Unless we need you to be see, safe.
0: Yeah, unless you see real signs of repentance and following through like over right. a long period of time long period with of time. somebody while you're separate from them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's not good. Yeah. And that would go for the girlfriend too. The the friend, yeah. right? Yeah. If the behavior is continuing, then yeah. that may still be that there's some some boundaries there. There's some stoppage absolutely limits on the relationship yeah you don't have to go back to the relationship you were in
1: before if there's been hurt and betrayal and difficulty but you can still forgive them and walk forward and being kind and polite and civil and all that yeah there might be that opportunity later
2: yeah when things change
1: yeah Yeah. for sure
0: if they yeah repent and and seek seek a relationship again so forgiveness is two columns is what you have here so first of all it's decisional and secondly emotional so you
1: wanted to talk about the decisional part i will yeah so, first of all, decision starts in the mind, the decision to forgive. It's what I intend to do. And for me, this is always so difficult because I don't want to forgive. So, I have to drive around in my car. That's my best place to process with God and say, Lord, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want mm-hmm. to. I don't want to. Instead, I'd like to seek revenge. I'd like to give it to them. I'd like, eh. yeah. you know, and get all angry. But I, Lord, please change my wants. Help me to Help me to want to forgive, and Lord, work in me the po- by the power of Your Holy Spirit to enable me to set my mind to forgive. So the first part is setting your mind, making that mind decision, that intellectual decision that because I am a Christian, because I love God, I am going to obey Him, I am going to ask Him to help me to forgive.
0: Because we're reading the Bible and getting yeah kind of these little nudges and I reminders, have to. yeah, that that's what it requires, yeah,
1: yeah. And I always figure if if God has commanded me something, then I can ask His help, right? So, I can fully go to my heavenly Father and say, "Lord, you've asked me to forgive. You've commanded me to forgive." So now you need to help me. Give me the
2: power. To mm-hmm. do yeah, it.
1: give yeah. me the power to do it and help me to walk forward in it because on my own, as a person, as a human, I do
2: not want to, and I'm actually probably not capable mm-hmm. uh, And for some people, that convincing that scriptural convincing is such a massive step, right? because yeah. you your every instinct is to not forgive yeah. in this situation. And to come face to face with the gamut of Scripture that says that we are to forgive and be Christ-like in that way, to love others, even our enemies. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's a very strong statement, but it, it takes a while to get there. We keep looking to for the your loopholes brain to change for a while <laughs> Can I, until I tell we realize you
1: why there isn't any? Can I tell you a quick story. So this happened in this past year, I think it was in the fall. I was scheduled to teach at the Monday night Mission Bible study. Crystal was going to be there as well, and I was so angry actually my husband, but I can't remember if he did anything at all. I think I was irrational that day and I was so angry at him. I was just like I couldn't even see straight. I was so angry. So I was driving around town, tears and snot and so angry. Just I just wanted to do everything I could to get mad at him and get back at him for I don't know what. Like I'm sure it wasn't him because he's so kind and thoughtful. So it must not have been. It was probably just me. Anyway, I drove around all day asking God to help change my mind because I'm teaching Bible study in the evening <laughs> right? and I need to show <laughs> up to Bible study knowing that I have stepped forward into forgiveness that I've made this decision, but it was the hardest day. So I show up to Bible study in the evening. Crystal looks at me, what is wrong with you? My face was puffy and my Luchy. eyes were red and I was just totally looking terrible. And so I told her what I had happened this day. But by the time I had gone to that Bible study, God had totally changed my heart. I, I walked mm. home when Mark came up from work and it's like nothing happened. He never knew I ever told mm. him as it was just my own personal battle that day. So, that's what happens sometimes. It's just a huge battle of, am I going to obey God, submit to Him or not? Right.
0: Okay, forgiveness is
1: emotional. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Erin, you wanted to walk through that part.
2: Yeah, it has a lot to do with um, exchanging those really awful feelings, the idea of spite and bitterness and, like, I'm going to hold on to every reason I can to make, to fill that pot of Bitter to somebody else, all the reasons that you might have, and going over them and over them, and um, exchanging that for things that are of God, of Christ, and um, and that is a Holy Spirit event in our lives. Mm. Um, it's um, we're called to care and have empathy for other people. It's maybe in some relationships an agape love, a, a marital love, still. Um, where we need to continue in that relationship to have compassion for somebody else. We see in Colossians 3.12, it says we're supposed to love our enemies. In other scripture, it says love our neighbors. So it's really, really clear that we need to have those kind of loving, caring feelings for other people, but it's hard, so that it's a transfer. And it doesn't, I don't even know if there's a magical thing that happens uh, that you could put your finger on, like, oh, that's that moment when that happens. Um, but it's, it's bestowing favor on somebody starting to make those actions be, and and those thoughts towards that person be more positive, more, um, God love towards them. So how long do you think this would take? Well, (laughs) this is every person, every situation is going to be different. I think then you have like a minor injustice. You can just like, oh, right. I need to forgive. It's gone. Yeah um, some things that are more serious injustices, or if you are a person who likes to hold on to all the little bits, it's going to, it could take a really long time. And, um, I, when we were preparing for this lesson, I came across numerous stories of people who called it a miracle when they had those very quick, um, forgiveness experiences where God just moved through their lives and they just instantly forgave something that could have been really an atrocious injustice and they just were able to forgive and they're labeling it in this newspaper article or in this, you know, blog write-up that this was a miracle and I just thought... You know, I think it's a miracle anytime you get to the end of that forgiveness journey, whether it took 20 years or 20 minutes, yeah. two days, yeah. two weeks, Yeah, um, it's still God really moving in our lives. And I think we can just label that. That's a miracle. Because mm-hmm. that's anti our human nature, yeah. Yeah. right? Of being selfish and of wanting totally. our own way.
1: And yeah, so anytime we can move into that, it's showing God's yeah. grace in our lives. What I often say to people in this process of forgiveness is that you got to watch out for the sneak attacks. Because you can go along thinking, yeah, I've forgiven, it's all dealt with, woohoo. And you can go like this for weeks, and then all of a sudden you hear something, see something, somebody mentions that person's name, and all of a sudden, whew, the anger just rages right up. And you mm-hmm. just feel hurt and betrayed and angry all over again. And then you think, maybe I didn't forgive them. I'm such a lousy Christian. And you beat yourself up, and you just go back into this hole, where we have to recognize that that's what's going to happen. I often think forgiveness is a little bit like Tylenol. You forgive, God helps you forgive, it lasts for like four hours, then you got to <laughs> take some more Tylenol or Advil, and then it might last for a day, and then a sneak attack happens, and then you got to forgive again, and last for like a week, and then, you know, and eventually, hopefully it lasts for a longer time, right. but it's not something that's necessarily all done and never comes back to bug you again. Not once and done. Right. No, not no, usually. Totally. Yeah. So we have
0: about five minutes left. Um, we thought we'd quickly go through a few questions that people ask us regularly. Yeah. Do we have to forgive someone who is not sorry for what they've done?
1: Yes,
2: absolutely. <laughs> we are commanded
1: to forgive even if the person is not sorry, even if they choose not to forgive us, even if their behavior towards us still remains terrible. We have to forgive. We have no loophole. Hmm. So what if I ask someone else's forgiveness and they refuse to forgive me Yeah. on the other end of things? So their response is up to them. I'm not in charge of another person's response. I'm not r- responsible for them holding a grudge or holding bitterness. I wish they wouldn't, but I'm not responsible for that person's behavior. I cannot tie them down with duct tape <laughs> and force and them, make them to them forgive you. <laughs> no, cannot. I'm only no. responsible for my behavior. Yeah, and apologizing as yeah, much as you can, and then you have to leave it with them. That's yeah. tough because we often want to fix every piece of it. Yeah, want to fix their yeah. behavior, my behavior, and everything about it, and we can't. Yeah. Yep. If someone
0: hurts me and I forgive them, do I have to remain friends with them? Well, we touched on that a bit, but anything else you'd want to add to that?
1: No, I just think this is important for people to hear, that we don't necessarily have to reconcile the way it was. That would be great. It would be so yeah. great, but it doesn't always happen like that. Abuse. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Uh, do I have to forgive someone who abuses me? Yes, but we don't necessarily have to remain under the same roof. We don't necessarily have to remain married. We can separate in order to be safe. And in fact, Vic and I advise people if there is physical abuse, mm-hmm. it has to be reported to the police and people have to remain safe and kids have to remain safe. So right. be separate. And that's verbal as well. People yeah, are entitled physical. to be verbal, yeah. uh, verbally safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it might require forgiveness. I mean, it does require forgiveness, but it might require separating in order for change to happen.
0: So if you or a friend are in a situation like this, feel free to come talk to Vic and mm-hmm. Thalia. They've wor- worked this through with lots of different couples, with yeah. the elders, with Jeff, and a lot of the, on kind of the theological side of things. I think Kevin's even been part of a yeah, lot of those had, discussions. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just talking about how do we give advice in these kind of situations? Because yeah. we don't want to say you just have to stay in that marriage or in that relationship. Or that it family. Be, yeah, right? that yeah. family. Like yeah. it yeah. could be parents. It's tricky it with be-
2: family things because you, you bump into them again in other places. yeah. Yeah, family's tricky.
0: One other the people often ask is, how do I know if I can take communion? Mm-hmm. They, so they're in the <laughs> service, and all of us as pastors stand up and say, if you hold anything against a brother or sister in the congregation, let it pass by and reconcile and then come back. So how do you know
1: if you so, can take communion? Yeah, that's good actually to say, because communion is coming up this weekend, I think. Mm. I'm leading it Saturday night. So I might need to say this on Saturday night as well. But I will say usually to my group is that... Um, We need to forgive people and we need to know that we've done our very best, that we can look the other person in the eye and we've done everything we can to make it right, but we are not in charge of that person's response. So if we've done everything we can to make it right, then we can take communion. Yeah. We're not in charge of the other person's
0: response. And it doesn't mean, like we said, that you have to be at their best friends and invite them over for supper after. No, you don't need to be buddy-buddy
1: or go on holidays or, you know, even be in
2: the same house necessarily, but you need to be able to look them in the eyes and know that you've done what you can. So would you just not take the communion then? You'd let the plate pass you by if you're like, oh, right, I spoke some hard words to somebody this week and I didn't do it in a very nice voice. I should just let this plate pass by and I'll go fix that next week sometime and I can take communion next time I come back. Good point. So maybe and maybe not. I would say if
1: I know that I have really hurt and offended somebody and I haven't done my part to make it right, maybe I should let the plates pass by. I've done it before if I feel like It's not the right time for me to. Yeah. yeah. But we also know that there are some things where we know we have done it. We probably could still do some more. And we can, again, I think it's a good idea, no matter what the situation is, in the moments of quiet, before communion, even when you're heading Mm -hmm. into the church service, is to pray and ask God's forgiveness. Make sure we're clean before God. But we probably always have things we need to make right. Yeah, it could be for... (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to be... Like, so hard on ourselves, necessarily. It Mm -hmm. is very much a personal thing. We're not having people walk around doing the communion policing. So I'm not checking on people saying, are you right with God? And have you... you Because it's very obvious if you don't take something from that little plate that goes by. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time when I was... I actually remember which house we lived in, so I remember I was in grade four. And my dad stayed home from communion because they had a special communion service on a Sunday evening. Hmm. He stayed home, and I was really confused because... He was an elder, and he was involved in the church. I'm like, why are you home? And so he described that he was not in a right relationship with a businessman that he was friends with. And so he chose not to go to communion. And I remember that's hugely impactful for me as a kid, going, oh, you know, okay, so this is take it seriously. And my dad took it seriously, and he repaired it with that man, but he didn't go to communion that day. Interesting. So we might have to, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. bypass it. Or other times we know we've done what we can, so take communion, but still continue to work on our relationships.
0: Yeah, and the far other extreme, I know a woman who has never been allowed to take communion because their church has forbidden communion to happen until certain things happen within their church, until their church is at a level of kind of perfection. And so they're not allowing their congregants to take communion because they feel like there's unreconciled things, and that's not
1: good either. Like we are not perfect. (laughs) We are not right. That's thankfully why Christ died on the cross for us. Yeah.
0: So what kind of resources would you point people to if they want more info on how to
2: yeah, talk, talk about think about forgiveness so we mentioned before that um, Everett Worthington has a website and <laughs> yeah. it's quite fabulous because he's got a whole workbook there that you yeah, can you work on you download free right you could even do yeah for free yeah. and you could even download um, the booklets and work on them with a group even mm-hmm. that would be f- kind of fun maybe um, we found a book in our church library that's called The Peacemaker and um, it's a biblical guide to resolving personal conflict it's by Ken Sand that was kind of a good resource working through this
1: If you go on to RightNow Media, if you have Mm -hmm. access, if you don't have access, send us an email because we'll get you linked up. But RightNow Media has a great resource called Resolving Everyday Conflict, Mm -hmm. and you can watch those video lessons and learn how to deal with conflict better. And I think that helps with the whole process of forgiveness, too, if we can learn how to work through disagreements. Yeah, and there's questions you can download
0: on that Mm -hmm. and stuff, too, I think, that help you work through the different procedures.
1: Yeah. Or if forgiveness is an issue in your life, I would say look up more verses on forgiveness. Read Mm -hmm. all of them. There's lots. Yeah,
0: allow the Holy Spirit to do yeah. the work in your heart yeah. that he needs to.
1: Yeah. Okay, Thalia, do you want to end us in prayer sure. this morning? Lord, thank you so much for everyone who's listening. Lord, I pray that you would work in their lives at the pace that they can handle, Lord, would you please teach us and guide us with gentleness? Lord, we want to learn from you, but we're also scared to be corrected. So Lord, would you help us with that? You know all of the issues that we're dealing with in our life. You know the areas where we need to forgive or where we have been forgiven. Lord, please help us to work on this issue. Thank you for all the resources that are available. And Lord, I pray too that as people need to speak to someone trustworthy, that they'd feel free to contact our church or their home church or some a trusted Christian around them. Thank you, Lord, for how you're working in our life. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. 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 See you next time. See you next time. Amen.